What's up, Bills Mafia? This is Gregory Russo, defensive end for the Buffalo Bills, and you are listening to The Lockdown with Jake Jordan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the coolest show in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake, and this is The Lowdown. And happy Friday, however you're watching this, whether you're in the gym, in your car, going to work, or maybe you're leaving your job and you are ready for it to be the weekend, and you are so excited because we now know what the Buffalo Bills are doing during the season. Today, as of recording on Wednesday, the Buffalo Bills schedule and all of the NFL team schedules have come out and we get to sit here and now we can predict records. Now, this is going to be the big thing. You thought mock drafts were bad. Well, now record predictions are going to go fucking wild all over everything. People are going to say, oh, we're going to go nine, nine. And what is it this year, Adam? We're 17 games. So what? Nine and eight now nine and eight nine and eight zero and 17 17 and oh 13 and four there you're gonna see every single number combination possible before the season starts but one of the big things that i'm excited for is the preseason now that's that's something that we really missed that last year and i think it gives a chance for a lot of our young guys to to really give themselves like an opportunity to actually compete see because if we didn't have the preseason and me and adam have had conversations about this before but last season you know we saw dane jackson have some flashes well if we didn't if we actually had the preseason maybe levi wallace isn't your cb2 and i think that that's a big thing this year too is that you put him and Levi Wallace in camp together and in preseason, maybe that gives Dane Jackson an even better opportunity to compete for CB2. Oh, I agree. I think that'll happen. I think that's Dude, exactly I, what training camp is for this year. That and uh, the tight end group. I think uh, I think we'll see uh, a big competition there. I can't wait to see it, to be completely honest with you, because I think there's some people that you're not even going to see. come. Mario Addison could not be a part of this team after F.A. Obata comes out and absolutely destroys people. Like, I think. Our, we, thought, we thought our defensive end room was, like, bad, right? So we go out and we just sign all these dudes. And, you know, Mario Addison might be the odd man out after preseason. Oh, I for sure think he's going to get cut. And even though I think that that's a big reason why Trent Murphy was still on the team this year too, was if we actually had a breeze season to where we could see some other people and maybe Trent Murphy's not on the team. And that's where I'm glad we get that. Yeah. Because that's kind of what Mario Addison is now, right? He's going to be sitting here and he's going to be well, uh, you know, he's kind of just around. So maybe 
with a preseason, it shows, you know what? We don't need to keep Mario Addison around. So There's I'm just too much cap savings there for him to be sitting there. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure still, I don't know exactly what it is for his post June 1st cut, but I know, I think we can still save a couple million dollars from it. Not as much as we could have beforehand before we restructured him, but we restructured him, but we're still able to get out of that deal. So that's going to be great. But you know what? Let's not even talk about training camps and stuff like that, man. We today we're focusing on the schedule and man, dude, it's, it was, it was great. Like for days we've been texting each other in groups just like with rumors and all this stuff. And I was just saying, I am ready for like, people were saying bucks bills could open it up. And then it was like, no, it's going to be bills. Pat's week one. Uh, turns out that was all bullshit. Um, there was a lot of people that were just putting out straight garbage. It's interesting because all the major, you know, networks, there was a lot of big time names pushing the NFL to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I I'm in agreement. I think they whiffed with that one. I don't I don't understand the choice of the Cowboys. I uh, well, for ratings, dude, that's gotta be why. Like Dak Prescott coming back and you know, the big market that the Cowboys have. It's yeah, just but I would have thought, you know, all the storylines you could have paired with the Bills or even the Chiefs, but yeah, with Buffalo, you, you could have paired them, you know, together, and you have the storyline of the Bills playing Tom Brady. You've got all of Bills Mafia, who's gonna be just chomping at the bit for that game. You know, it would have been it would the ratings would have been huge. I mean, they saw what happened when they put us on Thanksgiving Day. The ratings yeah. were the best they ever had. <laughs> And that's why we're on Thanksgiving again this year. And it's prime time. <laughs> prime time. No, I, I, I generally actually love the schedule this year. Just looking at it. Uh, there's some things that I don't like. Like, I don't like playing the Pats twice so close together. I mean, there's two games in between it. But, you know, I... Why are we playing the Jets so late in the season, too? I mean, it always seems like we either start with the Jets or we end with the Jets. Like, there's no in-between. We don't get the Jets, like, in the middle of the season. Yeah, it always seems to be the case. But I think they gave us the Jets because they know the Jets are going to be bad so that we can give Mitchell Trubisky some playing time in that last game. <laughs> so that's going to be great. But let, let, let's start it out, man. Opening day at home we have the pittsburgh steelers man how how do you feel about this game because honestly i love this game as our first game to start the season i think that the steelers should just stay in pittsburgh because that game the stadium is gonna be just rocking do you think they play renegade uh, i i i mean the the fans are just gonna be be nuts. <laughs> Bills Mafia is gonna probably show up on Thursday for the f- Sunday game. <laughs> like it's gonna like, be. You know, it's gonna be a missed opportunity if we don't have like blue towels on everybody's seats, so that whenever we're just whooping the absolute <laughs> shit out of them, we can play Renegade and just spin blue towels all around them. Like that. I think- that's. God, 
that's that's I, just I, an amazing thing. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a delay between us. So when we're uh, when we're talking, we kind of cut each other off. So for anybody that's listening, sorry about that. But no, the Steelers game, I think that's going to be awesome. And I think the big storyline going into that game is going to be the Steelers offensive line is an absolute like rags. Like it's tattered beyond belief. And we've got a, you know, I'm going to say newly upgraded pass rush. So I love that game to just give our team confidence when it comes to our defense. Like there'll probably be storylines. Like if we absolutely boat race the Steelers that they're going to be like, Oh, the bills defense is back. I I personally think with the combination of their O-line being in shambles and Big Ben being a shell of his old self, uh, I think uh, Gregory Rousseau and uh, Basham are going to be playing tag all day as they race to the quarterback. Um, <laughs> Let's think, see who can hit Big Ben first. Yeah, I think Big Ben's going to spend a lot of time on his backside. I. And this is my big thing is I think this year Ben goes down with an injury again and he's done. Like, I think the way that the organization seems to the organization is almost setting up like, Hey, we're going on a super bowl run for some reason. Like they lose Bud Dupree and then they're like, all right, well let's sign Juju to a one year deal. Let's not sign back and let's let two of our best offensive linemen just go. Like one retired and then one left in free agency to go to their rivals. And then let's draft a running back in the first round. Like Yeah, and I and I like Najee Harris a lot. I think he's gonna be a good back, but I mean it it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, all Big Ben did last year was dump offs and short throws, and if he's got no O line it's not going to get much better. So I think that's yeah. the perfect first game for us to just pin our ears back and go after them and, and I, let the secondary get their feet wet. I think it's just a great confidence builder game, man. Like I think we it's it's good for momentum. So we would take that game and say we absolutely dominate them. Like I think that that just gives our young guys the confidence to be like, okay, yeah, we can do this NFL thing, and then they'll keep it going. So uh, one thing that I didn't mention at the top of the show here is that we're going to be going through each game and giving whether we think the Bills will win the game or lose the game. Uh, It will probably be different for me and Adam, I'm sure, just looking at uh, the schedule. I'm sure there's some games that we're probably going to differ on, but like – 100% I think the Bills have a winning season this year. Just looking at the schedule itself, I think that there's just so many question marks on here with some of these teams that, you know, it's going, it's going to be fun to predict them. But on the other hand, too, there could be some surprises in here as well. Oh, definitely. So what are we saying for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I'm going to say that is the biggest, fattest dub. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm calling that a W for sure. At yeah, that's week weird. one. Just it, it's just gonna. It, there's no way we they walk out of there with a win. It's it's gonna be a W for the Bills. Bills Mafia in full force. Like it's going to be not. It might even be more than full force, dude. Like they're yeah, just going it, to be I mean, absolutely nuts. I, I I wouldn't be shocked if not only is that game just 
sold out, you know, full crazy Bills Mafia, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's just a, a massive amount of Bills Mafia outside the stadium. <laughs> yeah, like like I told you, we saw resale tickets already for seven grand. So, yeah, you know, I mean, while that's nobody's going to pay that still, that's like just showing you how much demand people think this game is. And you know what? The first game, hopefully with 100% capacity Bills Mafia, it's going to be fucking nuts. But then we get to take. Oh, go ahead. Did you have another take before we move on? No, I was going to say that's that's the whole point is the COVID, you know, caused such a. Uh, we, we were gone. We weren't in the stadium. So the, the fans are just going to be, we're going to be ready. <laughs> I think they're going to be more than ready, dude. Like everybody is going to be shit faced at like <laughs> nine in the morning already before on the Thursday. game even starts <laughs> yeah, on Thursday. Exactly. They're going to camp out in the parking lot. So then we get to take our talents to South beach in week two. When we take on the Miami Dolphins and me and you were talking, this is a game that possibly could be attended by us, but also it's just, I I have no idea what to think of this game because I don't think we sweep the AFC East again. I think they've just gotten so much better that mm-hmm. I, but week Honestly, two, we were talking about tickets right before we got on here and look yeah. at tickets and, my the hesitation I have in the back of my mind is this one this one scares me a little from the standpoint of you and I have lived in Florida a long time oh yeah uh, week two our condi- our conditioning is not going to be at its best going down to Miami it's going to be 90 degrees still in September that's that's mm-hmm. Florida so I'm a little yeah. worried about the team week two going down to Miami that that one scares me a little I think that that one's a toss-up because getting the Dolphins a little bit later in the year once we have some of our new additions like Rousseau and you know even Emmanuel Sanders getting fully involved with the offense and things like that just giving them time to click uh I still think we win this game uh while I think it's not going to be an easy win for sure. I think still you have to say the same thing for the Dolphins. They lost all three of their team captains on defense and they just brought in Jalen Waddle. It's going to take him more than one game week one to really get used to being with Tua. I think that the coaching staff has made some changes to where they have like co-offensive coordinators now. I think it's just going to be a little bit confusing for the Miami Dolphins down there. And I think the Buffalo Bills take the momentum that they get from week one against the Steelers and bring it against the Dolphins. And while it's not going to be a blowout, I still think we win the game pretty easily. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the way I look at it is I still have a little bit of that old, you know, we've talked about it on, on the last uh, episode you had me on. I've got this, this almost PTSD type feeling of even when we're good, I still feel like we're going to blow the ones we shouldn't. So I have this feeling like that's a trap game almost coming off a a big, big game against Pittsburgh week one and going down to Miami where our conditioning might not be the best. 
I'm going to call it a W, but that one scares me. <laughs> See, and when we get to it, I actually think that the second Dolphins game is more of a trap game than this one. And we'll talk about that when we get to it. But I feel like it's just positioned right at the spot in the season. And after some of the opponents that we have to where we'll go into Miami, probably overlooking it a little bit and we'll get caught by them. But moving on to the next team, which a lot of people, I remember them saying that this was going to be the last game on our schedule, but it's the Washington football team. Ryan Fitzpatrick is, I believe, coming to town back to Buffalo again with the Washington football team. What are your thoughts yeah. on the Washington football team? Because I actually genuinely like them as a football team. The Washington football team was not as bad as their record seemed last year. And they got into the playoffs, and they hung pretty tough with the Bucks for a couple of quarters. Oh, they did. Um, with Taylor Heineke. Exactly, because their defense is legit, and their defensive yeah. line is legit. And that that scares me coming into Buffalo because we still, you know, our offensive line was improved last year, but it, it is still not our the strength of our team. So yeah, all I can say is Darrell Williams and and Dawkins are gonna have their hands full with Chase Young all day long. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And you know, you got to think about it a Ryan Fitzpatrick-led offense. I mean, we saw what he did last year with the Dolphins. Like, (laughs) I'm never going to count out Fitzpatrick. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm actually going to chalk this up as our first L, actually. I think that, you know, we beat the Dolphins, we beat the Steelers, but then when we go into Washington, I think there's just some fuckery that happens and Fitzpatrick just pulls something out of his ass, and that's what's going to get us our first loss in the season. And we're going to be mad. We're probably going to be really mad. But <laughs> like, I we're all just going to be like, well, you know what? The Washington football team's a pretty good team. I think that we're a much better team, and I would absolutely love to curb stomp them. But I got to be a little bit humble. And like I said, my I think we have a winning season, but I think that we're not just going to go and dominate every game but that's what i like about thinking that way because if we do go out and do that i'm pleasantly surprised so washington football team for me i think that this is an l i think it's a close it actually might be just a knockout gritty game with their defense and the way they play dude like yeah and i think it's i think it's gonna i by no means think that's gonna be uh uh you know, a blow either way. I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. It's going to be tight. It's going to take a whoever fourth makes, quarter, Josh, basically whoever makes a mistake. And, you know, that's kind of where I'm, I'm counting it as a W because okay, I think that we've seen from Josh over his career, the ability to step up in crunch time. And not only that, he doesn't tend to make mistakes when it cost us a game. He tends to make his mistakes, you know, in the middle of a game. Um, I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't because he has. Yeah. <laughs> um, but over the last year, he he just, he when he needs to step up, he steps up. And, you know, we, we know and love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Fitzmagic, so to speak, will uh, usually 
lose some of his magic at the worst possible time. <laughs> it's true. I, I, I can attest. Yes. Uh, Fitzpatrick <laughs> at some points is just uh, the most, the probably the most spectacular quarterback on the field. And then he comes out and he looks like Nate Peterman. So definitely mm-hmm. I would say that, uh, I, that's a toss-up for me. I just had to put an L on there because I don't want us going. I want us to be angry going into this next game against the Texans, man, because honestly, I'm not scared of the Texans. I don't think anybody in the league should be scared of the Texans, and the Texans are probably going to be in the running for the number one pick this year because they're going to be god-awful. It all depends on what happens with Deshaun Watson. I mean, as of right now, Nobody has any idea where that's going to end up. So, you know, I'm assuming what, he's he's suspended even if, when I look at this game. But yeah, even, even, with, even with him, it's probably not going to be pretty. <laughs> so my big thing is I think that even if he is able to come back, I think he still does not like the organization so much that he will not play. He will yeah like hold out and wait. So I think even if he gets cleared of everything, I don't think he plays. So either way, it's probably Tyrod Taylor coming into town and that Texans team is straight dog water. So I'm going to say that that is a fat dub. Yeah. I have us going into the chiefs four. No. Yeah, you do have us going into the chiefs four. No. And with that said, do the Buffalo Bills go into Kansas City with a little bit more of an attitude after what happened to them in the AFC championship game? You know, I want to say that we go into Kansas City on Sunday night football and we prove to everybody that we've taken the leap over Kansas City for the top dog in the AFC. But yeah. Uh, every part of me knows that we're going into Kansas City on Sunday night football. They're probably going to be 4-0. And it's tough to win an Arrowhead no matter what. So I, 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 it's going to be a close game. Uh, I, I, don't, I think we've taken the step to get there. But, I, I mean, if it was in Buffalo, I'd feel – a lot better about it, but going into Arrowhead week four, week five, you know, we're still sorting things out. We still haven't really found our identity on defense yet. Most likely, uh, I'm I'm taking an L there. Taking the L. Okay, so my big thing going into this game is I think the Buffalo Bills will come in with an edge about them. I think that they will come in, and it's going to be like the revenge game, right? That's going to be the whole angle that is thrown they're going to show Stefan Diggs standing there watching the AFC championship celebration they're going to show Josh Allen hugging all his teammates they're going to show how they absolutely just murdered us in the AFC championship game pretty much and here's what I think is going to happen it's all going to come down to coaching because every single time we play the Chiefs it seems to be that whatever edge that the coaching had where we were like, let's go for it. Let's go at them. Let's attack them. Somehow turns into let's play scared. And unless the Buffalo bills go in there and 
play aggressive. They pull on the players. They're hitting them. Like, and if they're playing 10 yards off, no, we're losing this game again. Like, unless we go in with a different mentality, this game is another L to me. So I think that it all comes down to coaching with this, but I think that it's probably going to be another L, but we will meet them in the playoffs again. And I do think that at that point, after you get trounced three times by them, something's got to change. Yeah, see, the only thing I hang my hat on is that we found out after the fact that Diggs played with a torn oblique and Beasley was playing with a broken leg. So, you know. And um, Gabe Davis Josh on a hurt really ankle. Josh really didn't have a whole lot to work with that night. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it puts, when you put it into perspective, that game could have been a lot different, especially if Singletary catches that pass. But we won't go there. Dude, don't. Um, do not even get me started on that goddamn pass. And him, like, I, uh, speaking of Singletary, did you see the photos of him today? Yeah, he, my dude uh, looks like a Mack truck. He's a, yeah, he, like he took that uh, he, dropped pass into the offseason and he used it as motivation. Let's just he realized that, uh, he did some passing pass catching drills. <laughs> He realized that since our O-line isn't going to be able to keep a hole open long enough, he had to get bigger so he could just run people over and make his own holes. <laughs> so, yeah, dude looks amazing, and I can't wait to see. I hope he comes in. He's been working with Dalvin Cook in the offseason, so hopefully he comes in with a little bit of an edge to him. Going in, I, I don't know what it is with the uh, NFL and wanting to schedule us playing the Chiefs and Titans right next to each other two years in a row. But here we go. We have to to play the Tennessee Titans again before we can reach our illustrious early bye week. I think the NFL said Josh was hurt in both those games. We're going to give them a redo. (laughs) (laughs) You, You try again. Like, that's pretty much what it is. I think the Titans take a step back this year, man. I don't think that they're going to be as good as they were last year. And while they did get some pieces on defense, we don't know how much those rookies are actually going to contribute. And their defense was God awful last year, but not, not against our team, but it seemed to be against every other team. They were God awful. So I think that we go into this Titans game and I think we actually avenge ourselves this week. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't take last year's Titans game or chiefs game really uh, from the regular season in, in, um, I don't take them into account because, I mean, we've talked about it. Josh was clearly hurt. He was covering it up a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. I, I believe he was dealing with some sort of a AC joint. Separated shoulder. Separated shoulder yeah. or something along those lines. And even though it wasn't his throwing shoulder, I mean, I've done that before. And it is, it is painful. So the fact that he was even out there, let alone throwing the ball, it, it, it was he must have been significantly uncomfortable. So I, you know, he played two of his worst games. We saw him play and then, you know, he got better and then he looked like an MVP candidate. So, you know, Tennessee, I agree. I think they take a little bit of a step back. I mean, obviously Derek Henry is King Henry for a reason. Um, Oh yeah. But we contained him pretty well overall in that game. We played him and I think we have the recipe to, to shut down mm-hmm. Henry a little bit. Um, 
I, I, I agree. I actually have us going in there and, and, and taking a W. Taking the dub into the bye week, which they will most likely deserve. And going into this bye week, you have them going, what, five, five, five and, and one? one. Mm-hmm. And I have them four and two, possibly, which at that time, that is, those are two perfectly good records that I would be happy with. Either way, I mean, I would also enjoy six and oh. Could you imagine going into the bye week six and oh? Like that would be amazing. But no matter what happens, whatever record we go into, we got to stay focused because we got the damn dolphins again out of the bye week. So, and what you know, I think you this... and I look at this bye week a little differently, judging by what you said at the beginning of the show. Mm. I I think that they go into the bye week and I think the Dolphins get a little bit more gelled with some of their guys like Andrew Van Ginkle and these guys that are now taking these new leadership roles in. And I think that the Buffalo Bills are going to go into this. And there's no reason why they shouldn't win this Dolphins game. But I think the Dolphins always seem to some reason give us trouble no matter what it is, except for last year and the last game of the season that that's an anomaly to me when i think about that game because it almost seems like every single other time we play the dolphins josh allen is their daddy right but they still for some reason hang in there so i think it's only inevitable that the dolphins will beat josh allen one time and i think it might be this year because then we get a pretty nice uh little platter handed to us after that Yeah, I'm thinking that uh, going into that, we, I, I think the NFL was actually pretty kind to us. They they said, okay, you played the Chiefs and the Titans. We're going to give you a bye after those two primetime games. And here's the thing. We played the Sunday night game, but then we don't play till the next Monday. So we get an extra day mm, going into okay. that Titans game. And then the, after that Monday night game, they give us a bye. So we get a week okay. to sit there and prepare for the Dolphins and rest up. And then we get the Dolphins at home coming out of our bye week. So we're home for two weeks, basically, recovering and practicing and everything else. And we're, we have Miami coming up to Buffalo October 31st. It starts to get cold in Buffalo by then. Um, it sure does. So, they, so you know, I, I think that's a W. I think we come out of that by, you know, a little refreshed and, and the Dolphins are coming off a game and they're having to come up to Buffalo and they usually struggle coming up to Buffalo, just like we usually struggle. You know what? Down there. You have swayed my mind. You have swayed my mind because I completely <laughs> forgot about the extra days that we're going to get and the Dolphins having to come play us up in Buffalo. I am not looking at the schedule right now i only have this list in front of me so i didn't put the at in verses by them so i had no idea so definitely i think that in sean mcdermott coming out of a bye too i forgot to put that into an account sean mcdermott coming out of a bye i don't know what it is with the andy reed coaching tree but they've showed that you know (laughs) andy reed is one of the best coaches coming out of a bye and sean mcdermott's like right there with him so I think yeah, that you, the Dolphins, a coach of that caliber, two weeks to prepare for a team, they're going to come out ready to roll. Es- with you. 
Yeah, especially with a team like the Dolphins, who too is still kind of figuring it out. So, you know, we we watched him throw it to Josh Norman last year for a pick six. So I think Tua <laughs> still still is haunted by the uh, nightmare of the Buffalo Bills. But then, actually, the game that we're going to is the next week, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. What do we think about this game? Because honestly, this game isn't in prime time, and I I guess the NFL just doesn't want to see Trevor Lawrence versus Josh Allen in primetime because they know that the Jags are going to be absolutely horrible still next year. Yeah, so I I guess that will be interesting. I don't think they start flexing games that early in the season. Um, I mean, as you know, I'm just saying that I thought it was, uh, I thought it was off beat. Like, like, at the beginning, like as the schedule was put out today, that it wasn't a primetime game, actually, that they still yeah. don't view the. Well, that's that's the thing I'm kind of thinking about is, you know, as you alluded to, we're going to the game. Uh, I I think it's a, a game we were sitting there thinking, yeah, let's get ourselves, you know, a game we can we can for sure get a W and have a good time. But yeah, I'm sitting there looking at it and it's like, you know, I haven't looked at the Jags schedule, but. Let's say Trevor Lawrence goes out there and he he looks like you know the guy who never lost a game in college or high school, uh, and you know Urban Meyer gets that offense humming and you know let's say they come into that game with only a couple losses. I, mean, I was about to say Lawrence, they come in five and two or something like that. The NFL, like the, the NFL was putting Trevor Lawrence in hype videos prior to the draft. As yeah. like, look at the next, uh, you know, look at our quarterbacks. And it was like Tom Brady, Trevor Lawrence. I'm like, uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> sir. So your new poster board, you know, so yeah. it, it, they could very easily, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't think they start flexing games that early, but it would be interesting mm-hmm. to see what they do with something like that because, you know, they want to take as advantage as much as possible of these, this next wave of QBs. So, my worst case scenario for this now that we've made plans right to go to this game is that they said that they'll start flexing Monday night football games. If the Monday night football game at that point in the season is absolutely garbage. Oh God. Yeah. They so do that to us. <laughs> if, it, if they flexed that game into Monday night football that week, I would absolutely, I would just cry. Like that would be, <laughs> The war. Well, I. I mean, we. I. I think I'd still try to find a way to get to the game, obviously. But like yeah, that, we, we would be uh, having to get a hotel room for another night. <laughs> yeah, that's a, adding another hotel. But that being said, I don't think it matters how many Tim Tebow's you throw out there on the field. Uh, the Bills are getting that dub. Like the fighting Tim Tebow's. <laughs> the fight. <laughs> Honestly. Like, what would be the worst nightmare? They come in and Tim Tebow catches three touchdowns being a tight end against the Bills. I think that that would mortify me. I mean, I think Urban Meyer added them to the roster solely because of the trick play possibilities he can do. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, a lot I'm of people sure are mad he that. Still throw. Oh, of course. I, I A lot of people are like, well, what is Tim Tebow's like end goal? Actually, does he really want to be a tight 
end or does he you know want to be the quarterback and i've seen those memes where it's like the guy holding his girlfriend's hand but he's like looking back at like the other Mm -hmm. girl walking by and it's like urban meyer holding trevor lawrence but looking back and still seeing tim tebow like (laughs) i i would not be surprised if tim tebow gets thrown back there in some wildcat plays this year dude i am honestly shocked that no nfl team has thought about the fact that if he plays tight end, you also technically have a backup quarterback, so you can save a roster yeah. spot. You know, you He's... get one extra roster spot basically because you could use him as a backup QB. Yeah, he's uh, he's tight end whatever. I'm sure he's probably going to be tight end two or three, and then quarterback two <laughs> because Gardner yeah. Minshew's not going to be there. So yeah, it's just I, I, I'm surprised, but. It's a W but, either way. <laughs> yeah. Moving into the next team, though, that uh, I, I just mentioned Gardner Minshew, uh, the Bree's dad, who is a Jets fan, Bree being my girlfriend, is talked about Gardner Minshew being the backup for the Jets, possibly. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I, would, I wouldn't doubt it. That seems like a kind of Jets move. But honestly, I don't think Gardner Minshew is that bad. So they they had to bench him last year so that they could tank for Trevor after the Jets squandered it. Gardner Minshew has too much uh, uh, confidence uh, in himself. Uh, he's a man. He's got man. that swag. Uh, yeah, he's got that swag. I think he might make uh, Zach Wilson feel a little self-conscious. <laughs> Zach Wilson might be a little uncomfortable. He's like, I've never seen a Mormon that looks like that. <laughs> but uh, 100% just going into this game, though, the Jets, while I think that they're improved this year, I don't think they're anywhere close to being on the Bills level this year. Like, I I think they're better. I think their defense is mostly improved. I think they're going to get C.J. Mosley back finally, but he hasn't played football in two years now. So, like, what? What what's gonna happen? I think that they take a step up, but even the Jets last year played us really hell. Like we, they held us to a game where we kicked nothing but field goals. Tyler Bass scored like eighteen points on just straight field goals. That was the worst. That was that was an awful game. I was so angry. (laughs) And like the Jets were, you know, competing for the number one pick last year, but yet we were still getting games like that. So I think after I I think this first Jets game though. I don't think that we're going to get in here and get caught by the Jets. I think Zach Wilson's still going to be learning at this point in the season. And, you know, Sean McDermott is going to have fun with a rookie quarterback. And we're going to pull the dub out of this game. Even though I think the Jets are on the come up, I don't think that they're anywhere close to, you know, truly, truly competing with top dogs just yet. Yeah, I agree. I have us 8-1 and one after the Jets game. Eight and eight and one, and I've got us uh, seven and two. So now, I really like this game, and I think this game is going to be a really tough one. The Colts, we get to play the Colts, and let me just check right here before I even make it's a uh, it's a home game. So we're playing the yeah. So we're playing the Colts at home. It's a rematch at this point, playoff game. Point. Yeah, it's a rematch of the playoff game, but yet this time they actually have 
I, I and everybody's going to want to bash on Carson Wentz. And at this point in the season, I guess we'll really know what Carson Wentz is. Um, but I think Carson Wentz, if Carson Wentz was their quarterback in that playoff game, we're out in the first round last year. Yeah, honestly, uh, you know, people may think I'm, I, I don't know, they may think I'm a little crazy, but I think the top dog in the AFC is not the Chiefs. I think the top dog in the AFC this year is the Colts. And I think this is a Really? I 100% think they are the top dog because their defense is a championship defense. And all they did in the draft was yeah. add pieces. And that defense is going to be just stout. And then Monsters. you add in the fact that they bolstered their one offensive line position that was weak and they are returning their superstar rookie running back and now you put an actual quarterback back there and not Philip Rivers who was ready to retire two or three years ago. Um I mean, you know, Carson Wentz got sacked, I think it was like fifty something times by the time he got benched and <laughs> the Colts only gave up twenty sacks all season. Uh if people don't realize that Carson Wentz is uh, mostly the product of having zero offensive line, um, I, I think people forget that he was, you know, a stud. There's a reason the Eagles backed up the Burns truck for him at one point. Yeah. Um, so I, I think behind that offensive line with the weapons he's got at receiver and, you know, a running game and, that defense, yeah, the Colts are going to be the team to beat this year in the AFC, in my opinion. I'm, I'm 100% going to agree with you on that one. You like everything that you said about the Colts, it's true. And really, like I said at the beginning, I think that the if the Colts had Carson Wentz on their team last year, they would have beat us in the playoffs. And now they have him, and he's going to have, especially by this point in the season, him and Frank Reich. They're going to be on the same page. That defense is probably going to be dominant. Of course, we're saying this right now. Injuries could happen. Who knows? Carson Wentz could go out. Maybe he takes a bad hit. We don't know. So, But if you're just looking at it on paper right now, that Colts team is immaculate the way that it's been built. Like yeah, It is just like they're going to be a juggernaut. The, the, yeah, they're just built well along both lines they're built well they're just solid all around they don't really have any glaring weaknesses only yeah i would say that i'd say their little weekend is possibly receiver i I was gonna say yeah receiver depth and their uh their corners and safeties while they're not horrible they're definitely not the best secondary in the league so we definitely have them there yeah, but their their trenches are just absolutely stacked, man. So yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. I think that that's an L, uh, but I really think it's going to be a good learning experience for the Bills because they're gonna see that like uh, maybe at that point, if there's some people that aren't performing on the lines, maybe they'll see that hey, the Colts are doing pretty well if they've got competent people on the line. So. Maybe maybe in that game we get it. DeForest Buckner has a pretty decent game and we realize, hey, John Feliciano does not belong in the starting lineup. <laughs> so 
but we can talk about that another day. Now we're going into Thanksgiving, and man, this was another game too that you sent me tickets for, and we were like, <laughs> "Oh, this is that's that's very tempting." But you know, our family members would probably uh, beat the ever living shit out of us <laughs> if we just up and said, uh, "Yeah, we're going to New Orleans. See ya." Uh, the Bills. <laughs> I go said the page. How do you feel about Thanksgiving in New Orleans? She's like, you're trying to go to the Bills game, aren't you? <laughs> I was like, no, yes. No. Uh, I, how? I would never. And then it's like you, you get a little uh, notification on your phone that's like uh, your order for tickets to the New Orleans Saints. No, this game is going to be awesome, dude. Like, I, I cannot wait. For this game, obviously, I think the Bills are going to get a dub because it all depends if famous Jameis comes out, and that's a great name for somebody who's the, the absolute like the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. If famous Jameis <laughs> comes out with LASIK surgery and is lighting up the league, like it's going to be a great game. Uh, I think that uh, <laughs> I it was funny people on Twitter. Uh, like Saints fans were after it got announced, were saying, "Oh yeah, Marshawn Lattimore about to shut that crybaby Stefan Diggs up." I'm like, Marshawn Lat- Lattimore is like at this point the on the level of Levi Wallace with his stats. <laughs> so do not even speak his name in shutting down Stefan Diggs. But did anybody really shut down Stefan Diggs last year? No. I no, it was only when he was doubled. Pretty solid corners, and he did not get shut down. I mean, hell, I watched Josh throw the ball to him when he was triple covered several times. He's exactly. Still so, and so, yeah, sometimes he go up and catch that. Um, but no, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what the Saints do this year. Um, if Jameis Winston is still the same old Jameis Winston and making a ton of mistakes, Trey White's going to have a couple of picks this game. Um, it's it's going to be a fun game. I, I'm still not sure where it ranks on what game it's going to be during Thanksgiving. Hopefully it's the night game. Like it it's is. the it prime the time. Game. It is is the it the prime time, time game? 20 Thanksgiving game. Oh hell yeah. Let's go. I mean, I have great I mean, I have great memories of watching the Bills play on Thanksgiving already. So we already know that <laughs> Josh Allen Josh Allen loves to get that turkey leg at the end of the game. So if anything, he's going to win that game just to get the damn turkey leg. Plus, it also spawned one of my favorite photos ever of Josh Allen with uh, his handguns with a cowboy hat on after the Cowboys win. Like, yeah, that was a great one. Those, like, I I think Josh Allen just loves playing on Thanksgiving, and he's going to go down there to the heart and soul of New Orleans, and he's going to rip that soul out of him. And uh, he's gonna go out. He's gonna go out there, and he's gonna eat that turkey leg in front of everybody, and it's gonna be great. So I think the Bills get the dub here against the Saints because, uh, like you said too, and I think that was one of your reasonings why we were like, eh, the game too. We forgot Drew Brees isn't there anymore, so who knows what the Saints are actually gonna be like? Yeah, see, this one's a tough one for me because the well, one. I just absolutely love and would watch over and over again our Thanksgiving Day game against the Cowboys. That was like one of my favorite days ever because getting to watch the Bills on one of my favorite holidays as I stuffed my face with second dinner. <laughs> oh, yeah. Early. 
uh, watching the uh, watching the Bills just come out and just put it on like Cowboys was uh, just it was like Christmas Day for me. <laughs> it's and what we needed. Thinking of that, and you know, now we're getting put in the prime time slot on Thanksgiving. Like I want nothing more than just a repeat of that. And you know, the Saints are kind of a wild card because we don't know. You know, is James, famous Jameis going to be the quarterback? Is Taysom Hill going to run the run the show out there? <laughs> What's it going to look like? I mean, they won. I think it was like four or five games with Taysom Hill at quarterback. And uh, I watched Taysom Hill against the Denver Broncos and realized that Taysom Hill will never be a successful quarterback in this league, man. Like, he looked absolutely awful. And I get it, Vic Fangio's a really good defensive coach, but that dude looked absolutely awful. I think Jameis Winston starts, but you even sent me a text. You're like, what if they get Aaron Rodgers? And if they got Aaron I mean, there's Rodgers... There's rumors that the Saints can land him. I, I mean, the, there's rumors that every team can With land what him money? Point, but what money does that, the, do the Saints have? The only teams that really make sense are... Uh, you know, actually, just a sidebar for a second. I keep seeing all these reports that Denver is the prime landing spot. And I think it's just because of the cap space and how desperate they are for a quarterback. But realistically oh, yeah. speaking, if I'm the GM of the Packers, I saw, you know, a report that the Raiders were interested. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be trying to trade with the Broncos. I'd be going to John Gruden and, and Mayock and saying, hey, we're willing to listen if you include Derek Carr in the deal because at least yeah. the Packers would still be freaking competitive with Derek Carr at quarterback. Like, yeah, you know, would. you don't have to go into full-on rebuild mode and throw, Jordan, you know, Jordan Love out there. Yeah. And be like, okay, here we go. Um, Jordan Love wins and- you like six games. I, I I mean shit. If they if they included uh, Derek Carr in the deal and you know some first round draft picks and you know uh, I don't know a couple of, of, of players like the Packers would still be legit. I mean they can win well, some games with Derek Carr back there. Some of the front office decisions that have been made by that Raiders team are just absolutely awful. I mean, oh, yeah. just think about yeah, it. Yeah. Khalil Mack is now a Chicago Bear. Amari Cooper went to the uh, he he went to the Dallas Cowboys. And could you imagine how much they would they would overpay so much for Aaron Rodgers? Like, oh, yeah. that's the first that's the first team I'm calling. Like we we've all heard like everybody says, oh well, you know John John Gruden says no, I like Derek Carr, but it, all the reports come out that was like John Gruden doesn't really like Derek Carr, like that's the reason why Nate Peterman is still around. Yeah, like so, could you imagine what John Gruden, John Gruden would leverage like the next ten years of the Raiders to get <laughs> an Aaron Rodgers, See, and no, I would I I'd be the... all here for it. If I was the GM for the Packers, I'd be taking the approach of uh, of the uh, the Lions GM. You know, you got to shoot your shot. So when the Lions were trying to make a trade with the Rams, they were like, hey, uh, we'll give you Stafford. How about you give us Aaron Donald? You know, uh, <laughs> I'd be calling around doing the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. I'd be like calling the Saints and be like, listen, we'll give you Aaron Rodgers, but I want Kamara and Michael Thomas. Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> I want Kamara and Cameron Jordan, please. Like, like yeah, I mean, if I were him, he's in the driver's seat because Aaron Rodgers can't go anywhere. I'd be calling around, being yeah, like, exactly. Listen here, here's what I want. Will you give it to me? <laughs> and they're gonna but, be like, hang up the phone. <laughs> but like, I, I, I got us off. I get what you're coming from. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's but, fine. Yeah. I. We were talking about the Saints. It it makes sense. I don't see. I I don't think that the Saints they have no money. As far as I'm concerned, aren't they like barely under the cap oh, yeah, just so that they can survive in cap hell right now? So there's like no way that they'd be able to take on that Aaron Rodgers contract unless the Packers just take on like a majority of the money, which I don't see happening. So what do you have this? Do you have this game as a W or an L? I actually am wanting a W, but I'm going to call it an L just because we're on the road in New Orleans at the Superdome where they're tough to beat in the first place. They still have Michael Thomas. They still have Alvin Kamara. They still have a pretty solid Mm -hmm. defensive line. They still have, you know, it's not like the rest of the team left with Drew Brees. And quite honestly, Taysom Hill kept them afloat without Drew Brees there. And you know, and the year before not that, a quarterback. J- <laughs> so, in the year before that, wasn't uh, I'm trying to remember. Teddy Bridgewater kept that team yeah, afloat. The team they were afloat. like undefeated. So, that tells you how good the team around them is. So you know, just honestly, give it to Alvin think, Kamara. Exactly, and I think we would struggle a little with Kamara because you know. We've shown the inability to cover ends and backs. So. <laughs> Yeah, I I can see where you're coming from, though. I think I still think that there's going to be it. It all comes down to the quarterback play. And if it's Taysom Hill, for some reason, there's no way in hell they're winning that game. If it's Jameis Winston, I give them a better chance at winning it. Because, again, we haven't really seen Jameis Winston after he got LASIK. I mean, we saw him for a couple of plays last season, but... Mm -hmm. That was about it. I believe that's when they were what blowing out the Bears during that Nickelodeon game or whatever. We got to see yeah, Jameis Winston like coming. Or actually, no, it was against the Bucks. Remember, they were blowing out the Bucks, so they put Jameis Winston in just so he could play against the Bucks. You're right. That's right. That they was that. that was great. So yeah, we, we differ on that one. But now we get to go into the almighty New England Patriots, Adam. We're playing the Patriots in, I believe, in Buffalo for the first meeting on December 6th. Do you think the Monday Pats night. have what it takes to, uh, yep, Monday Night Football? You think the Pats come out on this uh, grand stage with, at that point, probably Mac Jones and take down the Buffalo Bills to regain their grip on the AFC East? Or are they just going to be okay? I think the New England Patriots take a ride over to Buffalo and eat a fat L on Monday yeah. Night Football. <laughs> that's, I, that's what I think. I think at this point in the season, they will probably have already stuck Cam Newton on the bench, shoved Mac Jones out there, uh, and uh, discovered that Mac Jones also can't move. So yep. um, <laughs> I think they're going to they're, – they're, he, he's going to need time to develop if he is going to be anything. Um and I, I think that's a that's a that's a dub for sure. 
Yeah, I 100% think that that's a dub. And I'm not going to spoil what I think happens whenever we go into Foxborough. But, you know, I think that Mac Jones, I think we had that conversation last week too. I'm not scared of Mac Jones, especially in his rookie year. I don't think that's enough time for him to become the next Tom Brady, like a lot of people think, an unathletic pocket-passing quarterback. Like, And even so, if for some reason, why would he be learning that playbook that Tom Brady used in that kind of offense when they don't use that offense at all for Cam Newton. So why would he have that playbook? If people want to anoint the next unathletic Tom Brady, then they should be looking at Kyle Trask, who the Bucks were just absolutely like that. That is one of my favorite picks in the entire draft was the Bucks. Dude, I liked it too. Casually picking Kyle Trask to sit there behind Tom Brady and learn for a year, maybe even two years. Dude, the guy was was a stud at Florida his senior year. He was putting up ridiculous numbers. He and was the up there with Trevor out, Lawrence in numbers. He like, can flat out play. I mean, I watched several of his games, and I, I mean, he he's, in my opinion, he's just as good as a Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Trevor Lawrence brings you the athletic ability. Uh, he mm-hmm. can he can move he can do things but I watched Trevor Lawrence not show up in big stages multiple times and that that's where I kind of you know if I had the number one pick I'm I would have taken Justin Fields honestly and uh, notice too that, <laughs> yeah notice too that the Bucks took him at the very end of the first round so they can have that fifth year option on him. And that means that they can keep him as long as they want to sit behind Tom Brady. I mean, it was a move, and Tom Brady is already working with him, saying he he invited him out to throw with him and everything. Like, I I, people are talking about Mac Jones. I'm like, I would rather have the guy who's actually sitting behind Tom Brady to learn from Tom Brady. Uh, Mac Jones is going to be up there in New England learning from Cam Newton, and he's a statue. And he, the offense is not gonna. He's not gonna develop there. Maybe if Tampa drafted Matt Jones to sit behind Tom Brady, I'd say yeah, maybe. But <laughs> I'd be more afraid of uh, of Kyle Trask than than Mac Jones. Yeah. So Kyle Trask is still at this moment pursuing a master's degree in sports management. And also is one of the smartest quarterbacks that was in the draft. So mm-hmm. have him sit behind one of the greatest of all time and pick his brain and throw balls around with him. And we'll just see what happens down there in Tampa whenever Bruce Arians, after Tom Brady calls it quits, does what Belichick was trying to do with Jimmy G and just have the heir apparent behind Tom Brady. And then he's just still enjoying his wins after Tom Brady's long gone with Kyle Trask. So when it comes to uh, this game, I have the Bills taking the dub of the mm-hmm. pay- like you said. They're they're coming in and they're taking that fat L. Like the bu- the Pats. I think if at that point Mac Jones is in, that means they've given up on the season already. At least that's mm-hmm. what I believe. Unless. Unless Mac Jones has come in and is absolutely like the second coming of Jesus Christ, then just lighten it up. Yeah, at that point in the season, who knows? The Pats could, but I think the Pats 
team is good enough to where I don't think they should be at that point. And if Mac Jones is at that, just means that he's a game manager and Cam the Cam Newton experiment just didn't work at all. Yeah, and then we get the game that games. Oh yeah, for sure. And we get to the game where the uh, it, it was a game that I really wanted to go to, and there were rumors that it was going to be the first game of the season, and that's Bills Bucks. Going in desperately trying to go to still <laughs> still trying to go to. And if a ticket comes up, I will be there as long as it's reasonably priced. But uh no, dude, I wanna see the storylines going into this game, right? Like I love the storyline of Brady going up to New England, and probably they're gonna beat the absolute breaks off the Patriots. But knowing Bill Belichick, he'll make a good game out of that. The just the absolute and as many people don't want to say it, Tom Brady, even though he wasn't in the AFC East last year, still owns the AFC East because he still showed it and stuck it to the Patriots when they sucked after he left. So I I think that that game just it's going to be OK. Is Josh Allen going to be the next guy to rule the AFC East and are the Bills finally going to be able to get that Tom Brady monkey off their back and Josh Allen idolized Tom Brady while he was growing up and you know there's just so many things going into it will the Bills finally be able to get that monkey off their back and I want to see this game because if the Bills or sorry let me put this and this is going to give away my answer when the Bills beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers it's going to be absolutely bananas. And the NFL is finally going to be like, okay, this team is for real. Because at this point in the season, Tampa's in full probably contender mode. Like they're ready. They're not load managing. Like they know they're probably, and especially with the skill that they have, they're making it to the playoffs. They're going to be a contender no matter what. So at this point, I think if the Bills go in, and I don't think they're going to handedly beat them, but I think it's going to be a really good game. But I think the Bills come out on top and they show that, hey, look, you're Super Bowl champs. We beat them. And, you know, that's the Homer in me talking. But I really want the Bills to win this game. And maybe going into that game, my uh, my view on it might change a little bit, depending on uh, what the teams actually look like at that point in the season. But right now, I want Brady. I think the Bills want Brady, and I want that dub. And I think they're going to get it. So tell me, Adam, how you think we're going to take the L in Tampa. <laughs> you know me too well. Um, I know I, it's uh, coming. I, I mean, I want the W more than anything. I Oh, man, to beat Tom Brady would just – that would uh, be, be the uh, – icing on the cake really for me um, wouldn't it but uh, yeah i honestly that bucks team is just it, it's like the warriors when Loaded. they had durant it's like the warriors when they had durant and thompson and curry and i mean it, it's just it's not really fair honestly when you got antonio brown playing like <laughs> the, the wide slot, receiver three what, yeah like it's not fair when you Evans and Godwin and Antonio Brown and Fournette and 
Ronald Jones in a backfield, Tom Brady a QB. They've got an offensive line. Then you flip over to defense. You've got Shaq Barrett and Vita Vea. And I mean, it's just, it's not fair. <laughs> and then they, didn't they have Sue too in there for a little while? Uh, yeah. It's just. And Duncan the, the, Sue, I believe they brought him back. Don't they also have Devin White? Yeah, Devin so, White at line. I mean, their the, their team is just absolutely yeah. stacked. So, honestly, uh, I guess for me, I don't have enough confidence in our other corner <laughs> and D-line. At Levi Waltz, what do let, you mean? Me, I mean, I, I'm still not sure that uh, Levi Wallace will be uh, starting by week one. Oh, also, um, also uh, reports today, too, from Jeremy Fowler saying that the Bills have been in contact with free agent cornerback Steven Nelson, formerly with, the, formerly with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I like that. More competition for CB, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we definitely go down to Tampa, and I think, like you said, it'll be a. I, I think it'll be close. Um, and honestly, it could depend. It, it could change by by midseason, depending on, uh, in my opinion, if Dane Jackson takes a a leap to be the starter that he showed he might have the potential to be, uh, and our our two young guys, Basham and Russo can combine with Jerry and, and Oliver to just form this formidable pass rush because that's how you beat Tom Brady. You beat Tom Brady by getting pressure right up the middle in his face. You make him uncomfortable. Exactly. I mean, if you can get him, if you can get through that A-gap right up, right up the middle at, in his face, mm-hmm. he, he's, he, that's where you make him make mistakes. So and, I, I think that, you know, if we can get to that point by then, the game gets a lot closer and might start leaning our way. But until then, I'm I'm going to have to give it to the Super Bowl champs that their roster is still stacked and still loaded. How dare you not take the homer take and actually make a good <laughs> decision with your prediction, dude. So, yeah, that game. And if you go back and you remember, too. Uh, when we were playing the New England Patriots, I think it was 2019, both times we played them. How did we get keep those games so close? Dude, we got back to Tom Brady and knocked him on his ass so many times. Yep. That's what during those do. games. So that's what you gotta do is make Tom Brady frustrated because he showed I swear last year had to be like when I watched Tom Brady had to be some of the sloppiest Tom Brady football I've ever seen. And I think it's just because he's not out there. Like he's in a system, but he's kind of running the show. It's not Mm -hmm. Josh McDaniels running the show and Brady just staying on the strict playbook of his own, because there were, I feel like there were more Brady picks last year than I think I've ever seen watching Brady play. But there was a lot of, there was a lot of, you know, just the fact that he was on a new team in a new system with guys that he didn't have a training camp with, especially the first half of the season. There was a lot of that going on. Guys weren't where he expected them to be. They were running the wrong route, stuff like that. Mm. Um, Because he admitted it. And I mean, I think it was Mike Evans said that in a couple, in an interview that, you know, there were times where he ran the wrong route. (laughs) Yeah. And it was on, it was on him. I think I remember that. Uh, I think I remember that interview too. Uh, wasn't that? 
I'm not sure if that was like towards the end of the season or that was a playoff game or something like that that made Tom Brady. Was after Wasn't it Chiefs the Bears loss. game? I thought I was it was the Bears game. I think it was game. after that Chiefs loss that he was saying, you know, he ran the wrong route. I could be wrong. Yeah. It, it was it was one of those games where he, he ran the wrong route and Brady threw a pick and he was pissed. <laughs> yeah, that was – I, I think that's going to be a really good game. I hope we can go to it because if the Bills won, that would be just one of the best games to be at oh, regardless. Yeah. It would be awesome. So I, w- I would love to be there. And, you know, then the next, because we're we're going to bust through these last couple because there's some teams on here that you can just be like, eh, whatever. Uh, to be determined at this point, there's not an exact time for it but we play the Carolina Panthers at home and it just seems fitting that you know we get to see Sam Darnold again and you know that's one of my week one games that I wish it wasn't on at one o'clock but I guess I'm just gonna have dual screens going at the same time with uh, Sam Darnold versus the Jets but uh, I think this is a game that I think the Carolina Panthers while they're in a division with the Bucks and the Saints they're going to be I think they're going to be a much better team from last year. I think Sam Darnold is going to be one of those players that can win comeback player of the year just because he's going to be in a system that he can actually learn and the it it's tailored to a quarterback and not just, you know, him being back there to be a game manager. I think they're actually going to let him play his game and I think this game probably gets flexed into because they said it could be Saturday or Sunday that this game can get flexed into. And I would love for it to be like one of those Saturday games where we get to uh, just put on a show for everybody. And uh, what is it? Highmark stadium now. So I like this game. I think the Carolina Panthers are improved, but I think the bills are just a far superior team. And I think we're going to trick Sam Darnold into a couple of his old ways and make him see some ghost of jets past in Highmark stadium. I am going to take this as a dub. I mean, let's be real. Sam Darnold is going to have probably the one of the highest completion percentages in the league next year because he's going to throw about 15 passes a game to Christian McCaffrey. And 100%. Why wouldn't you if you had Christian McCaffrey in the back? Exactly. But although I, I hope Christian he doesn't, Mc... just in case you put him on your fantasy team. <laughs> I don't want oh, that. He'll be on my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> I I will I will a hundred percent take Christian McCaffrey whenever I have the chance to. He won me a fantasy football league championship a couple of years ago because I was bold enough. It was before he really broke out. It was like the the year he broke out. Yeah. The year before he was good, but he wasn't like amazing. And mm-hmm. so everybody kind of had him penciled into like the second, third round of the fantasy draft. I took him with like the fourth pick. And I was like, you watch. Oh, and literally went off for like 40 points a game. And he, I had him with Kamara because it's a keeper league. So I, yeah. I had Kamara and McCaffrey and they were getting me like a combined 80 points a game. It was nuts. <laughs> I do but, think this game will be close though. I think it's I think going McCaffrey to be a good McCaffrey will probably put up about 250 total yards on us. But mm-hmm. I think we win because uh, they don't have enough firepower to, to to hang with us. Yeah, they have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Not guys that I would say like I like DJ Moore, uh, but he's not like your bona fide number one. And you know Robbie Anderson again. They're both guys that I think are like 
like number two wide receiver two type areas. So they really need that guy that's going to put them over the top. And sometimes that's Christian McCaffrey, but we kind of saw it last year too. When we played the, uh, the chargers, they got Austin Eckler back that week and they had their two dynamite wide receivers and we still pulled that game out. So, I mean, we pulled that game out because Anthony Lynn is an awful coach, but (laughs) I think that, uh, I, I think we still pull that game out, and I hope it's in prime time on a Saturday too. So that'd be that'd be a great game. And then, boy oh boy, do we get to go into Foxborough? Which, uh, depending on again how their uh, how their team is looking at that point, maybe they're still contending for the division or at least a playoff spot. I think they'll probably be uh, hunting for a spot in the playoffs at least probably trying to get in in the wild card. What do you think about the Patriots going into Foxborough? Ah, man. Uh, You know, again, this late in the season, probably Mac Jones, same team that we just said we were going to roll over two weeks ago, regardless of the fact that they're at home in Foxborough. I, I, I just can't see them being very competitive. Um, Mm -hmm. like we said, you know, this could go the complete opposite direction because they are getting a lot of pieces back from sitting out for a year from COVID on defense, plus of all the free agent signings that they made, um, you know, Mac Jones could be serviceable or Cam Newton could come out there and do a good job game managing. They added some pieces at receiver and stuff. I mean, they could be competitive, but I really just don't see it. Right now, I see them being kind of a nine and eight or a ten and seven at the bus. Yeah. Um, so I I see us taking a W there. I think it'll be a grinded out defensive kind of game. I think it's going to be cold. I think it's probably going to be snowing. Um, it, it's going to be one of those ugly games. Yeah, I. I completely agree with you. I think this is going to be, especially at this point in the season, it's going to be cold. It's going to be gross outside. Uh, But it's, and I think last year we kind of, even though there weren't fans there, uh, the stigma of, oh, you go into Foxborough, you're, you know, it's like a curse. You can't go in there and beat the Patriots. We went in there and we like, they almost beat us at home. And then we went in there and kicked their fucking ass. Yeah. We housed in Foxborough. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't think it matters if fans are there or not. Uh, I think that, and honestly, I this, this is crazy because I said at the beginning, I didn't think we were going to sweep the AFC East, but I think we beat the Patriots here too, because it all depends. I don't, I don't even think it matters if they're still contending for a playoff spot. I think we're going to go in and we've still got that stigma, especially people saying, oh, the Patriots are back this year. The people on the media saying the Patriots are back. The players know that. And I'm sure going into this game, if the Patriots are even contending for anything, the Bills are going to go in there with another chip on their shoulder, and they're going to whoop the Patriots' ass in front of all those mass holes in Foxborough, and it's going to be great. Dub. <laughs> Is that what you're saying too, Dub? Oh, yeah, W all the way. Okay, Falcons. This is going. I think this is going to be a good game. Honestly, I think this is going to be a good game. I. You're not going to like this. <laughs> okay, hit me with it. I think that is an L, and here's why. 
I think I, I could see it. I think the Saints are going to take a big step back. I think the uh, um, Panthers obviously will be kind of competitive, but they're not going to be quite there. So I think the Falcons will be competing with the Bucks for that division. Mm. And I mean, they got one of my favorite players in the entire draft in Kyle Pitts. Yep. And I think he's going to be just an absolute monster. And having him with Julio Jones, as long as they don't trade him, which I don't think they will. That they will think they're ready to. Well, the pick of Kyle Pitts tells me they're not trading Julio because that tells me they think they're still in their window. Yeah, um, exactly. With Matt Ryan. So, I mean, that offense, as long as their defense can be remotely improved from how it's been, <laughs> I mean. Mm. Matt Ryan with uh, Kyle Pitts, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley with Todd Gurley in the backfield. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that's an offense. And quite honestly, again, it's the same same kind of fear I had with uh, the, the Bucks game. Uh, I just don't – as much as Poyer and Hyde are fantastic uh, in the secondary, Trey White is – Obviously, Trey Whitey is a lockdown, shutdown corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, Trey White can't cover Julio Calvin at, at the same time. And I just, I mean, who's going who's gonna to stop? I mean, if you, you double cover Julio Jones and you've got Kyle Pitts running across the middle and my Lord did, you know, Kelsey and, and Hunter yeah. Henry and guys like that prove how badly we struggle covering the tight end I mean, yeah kyle pitts is just a, a wide receiver and a tight end body so yeah it's it's nuts I, I yeah so honestly the only thing that might save us there is that it's january 2nd in buffalo and the falcons playing a dome so yeah them having to come to Buffalo in January might cause some problems for them. <laughs> that and let's not look over the fact that the Falcons have one of the worst defenses and secondaries in the league last year, and they haven't really done much to uh, to address that. They got some late round picks, but nobody knows how those are going to turn out. So, you know, they're going to have some firepower. I think our secondary is so much better, even if. You know, we can't really cover tight ends and things like that. I'm sure at that point in the season, and if it's snowing, God knows what's going to happen with the Falcons. Um, I don't see this is a tough game for me because I'm just thinking about it as in I they're going to have so much offensive firepower, but when it comes to it, are we not going to have enough to keep up with them? That's my thing because I, I don't know if we're – I don't think that we're inferior to them when it comes to our offensive firepower. I think they've got Calvin Ridley. We've got Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. I'm just going to put them both in that category to put with him. And then we got Diggs, and and then he's competent to Julio, and God knows what our running back room looks like. If we even have Matt Breida come out and look like 90% of what he looked like on the San Francisco 49ers. I think he's competent to what Todd Gurley is at this point in his career. I think that we match up fairly well with them. I think that it's all going to come down to who can stop who the most. And I think our secondary can. So I think that's a dub. I like it. I mean, I, I could see it either way. Honestly, 
the fact that it's going to be January uh, alone uh, and the fact that Julio gets hurt every year and Gurley has a degenerative knee, neither yeah. one of them could be playing at that point. But there's also mm-hmm. the standpoint of they could easily be, you know, neck and neck with Tampa for that division. Yeah, and so they could be super hungry. Could mean, that game could mean a lot to them. So I think there's a lot of things on the line. It's kind of like the game in Miami week two where it's like mm-hmm. I could see it going either way. You know, there's some factors that are at play. Like I could see either of those becoming L's or W's just yeah. depending on how the factors fall. Um, but, yeah, the, I kind of just chalked that one up to an L because uh, the other reason that I haven't mentioned so far is that we have the Jets week 18 mm-hmm. and we have the Pats week 16. And depending on how our division looks at that time, you know. You think we look not, past them possibly? Possibly a little. And only because of not just our AFC East, by then we might have the AFC East pretty much locked up. Yeah. But you got to think number one seed or you got to think trying to get home field. You got to think looking mm-hmm. at the overall AFC picture at that time. Uh, you know, the Bills may be looking at, you know, that last AFC opponent versus, you know, the Falcons. Who and the NFC it. guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I and I completely – I agree with you on the fact that it's a toss-up game. Uh, I think Atlanta's going to be improved from last year. Uh, and I think that them deciding to stick with Matt Ryan, like you said uh, – because my big thing going into the draft was if they drafted a quarterback that showed that they're thinking long-term and they don't think that they're a contender, but getting Kyle Pitts was almost too, like too good to pass up. So, you know, they had a ton of options there. And I think that the, the Atlanta Falcons, I don't think we look past them. It all depends on what our situation is at that point. That's why these are way too early predictions. We have no idea what happens. Like we could get to that Saints game and like everything could just be going to shit for every single other team in the AFC East. So we have no clue. Um, but yeah, I mean, we could be re- theoretically by week 17, we could have locked up the AFC East and McDermott could go, listen. Beasley and Diggs both got hurt late in games that didn't matter last year. Yep. I'm not going to ruin our Super Bowl chances by doing that again. We're resting all our starters week 17 and 18. Like, okay. Even, Marquez Stevenson. Marquez Stevenson coming in. Gabe Davis going to get more playing time. Isaiah Hodges, get in here. Like, like, like legit. McDermott might be sitting there going, okay, I learned my lesson. <laughs> Yeah, and let's talk about it. Jets week 18. How many yards does Mitchell Trubisky put up in that game? <laughs> I think Mitch will light him up. I, I think you think uh, I think Mitch has a bad rap. <laughs> I I I honestly think that, that game that game could be the one that, you know, makes us not clean sweep the AFC East. Uh, depending on, I mean, if we put Josh in like the first, like what we did with Miami, like he played like the first quarter and a half and we were already beating them so bad. We only put Josh out there so he could get his records. I think that's so, the game that Diggs got hurt in. <laughs> really? I thought it might have been the Broncos game. It was either him or Beasley. One of them got hurt yeah. in the Miami game. It might have been Beasley. It might it might have been. But yeah, I think 
I think that Jets game is a toss-up. I'm just going to call it a dub because seeing what our sec our our second string squad did against Miami last year, the Jets aren't even on the level that Miami was on last year. So I think that we it unless Mitchell Trubisky falls apart, which I don't think he is because Mitchell Trubisky could still be a starter in the league and he's playing as our backup quarterback. So dub. Yeah. I mean, if Andy Dalton so, is starting in the league, then Mitch Trubisky can start somewhere. Exactly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tally up uh, these final scores. I believe. Let's see. Let I me just look at all the L's. And, I think I have a sitting at twelve and five. Do do. Let's see here. I've got one L, two L, three L's. So I have us at what fourteen and three. I have us at fourteen and three, and you have, you have. Let's see, one L, two L, three L, four L, five L. So yeah, twelve and five. So wow, last uh, last podcast we called you the optimistic one, and yet, I mean, of course, I was a homer for some of my uh, my picks. Obviously, the Bucks game could be an L. Like, there's the Saints game could be an L, but that's just me wanting the Bills to actually. Uh, have success in those games. And I know that's what you want to, of course I, I want them to be 17 and zero, but that's almost impossible at that point. So fi- final thoughts before I, uh, I close this out for us. It's been a long one already, but you know, I, I like that we went through every single game and gave our uh, analysis on it. And I'm sure we'll do it a few more times before we actually get there. We didn't even talk about the preseason game and I'd like to do a, uh, I'd like to do a podcast just focusing on guys that I'd really like to see in the preseason and what some scenarios could be. But just final thoughts, what do you think of this? I believe we have the 25th ranked like strength of schedule. So they're saying this is a pretty easy schedule for us. What do you think about that? I honestly, I've seen that multiple times now, and I want to ask them, you know, what drugs they're on because I don't know how you can look at our schedule and go, that is the – you know, 25th ranked strength of schedule. When you've got the Bucks, the Saints, the Colts, the the Chiefs, the Titans, the Steelers, even the Redskins, I mean, excuse me, hey. the Washington football team. It's so hard to forget 30 years of <laughs> the, the Washington football team. You know, I mean, that, that's a pretty tough schedule. Now, I granted, I the way they spaced out the games, the way they gave a bye after the Titans and the Chiefs back to back, the fact that they're both on prime time and spread out a little bit, the fact that we get the Colts at home and stuff like that, you know, that that does help out. But I mean and again, we play the Falcons too and and our our AFC East has improved. I'm not saying they're mm-hmm. great, but I mean let's say Miami comes out there and starts winning some games or the, the Pats come out there and start winning some games. All of a sudden our ASCE starts looking pretty good. You combine that with the other guy teams on our schedule. I, I don't see how that's not at least in the top 10 as far as yeah. strength of schedule. Like the fact that they're saying 25, I'm like, what schedule are you looking at? <laughs> I'm just wondering if they basing it off of some of the records of these teams last year, because if they do that, yeah, Atlanta was awful. The jets were awful. Like yeah. the, te- the Texans were awful. Like 
everybody forgets they would have had the third pick had Miami not fleeced them. The Panthers were bad. Like, if that's what they're basing it off of, I could see the 25th ranked schedule, but all of those teams got better. So I don't think that it's close to the 25th pick at all. But man, I want to thank you for joining me today. I mean, it's awesome just always having like people that actually know football on here. And that's not me saying that I don't have people on here that don't talk football, but I could have anybody on here, but I choose to have my brother who I talk with uh, football quite often already. So I just decided (laughs) to throw it onto a podcast. So it's uh, something awesome with that. You guys have been listening to the coolest show in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. I have been your host, Jake. This has been the lowdown and I will see you guys with maybe Adam again. Who knows? next week.